Good CEOs build and maintain successful companies. Great CEOs build and maintain influential ones. We're connecting with successful business leaders on how to create the impact within your organization that transforms it into one of influence at the CEO Roundtable. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the CEO Roundtable podcast. Today, I'm joined by the owner and senior consultant at Strategic Voyages Business Consultants, Matt Wilhelmy. Matt, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Tony. It's a pleasure, uh, especially getting to know you a little bit, you know, over Zoom. Now here you're in person, but here I am. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Very cool things that you've been up to lately, especially from a, a standpoint of being this leader as a CFO, CFO helping a lot of good businesses that are out there. Yeah, there's a lot of businesses that um, are at that break point where they know they need some advice, they're scared of hiring a full-time CFO, and they don't know what to do. Yeah. And so they go to their bank, sometimes they'll talk to their loan officer at the bank or their banker, uh, maybe they'll go to their CPA or their accountant, and they're getting all kinds of financial advice, and it's very conflictual. Yep. The advice from the bank is almost always different from the advice from the CPA. Uh, they speak these different languages, and so with my background working at Chase and U.S. Bank and then in small business, um, I've been able to translate that into words and terms that business owners can understand. Absolutely. Not only that, but identifying as a business owner yourself now, too, which is an important part. Yeah. You know, when you start to talk about things like burn rate before you actually have a burn rate, it sounds a little different coming out of your mouth. Um, I did a lot of consulting before I started my own company, uh, working for somebody else. And um, I remember a lot of people asking me, how are you able to give advice to business owners when you don't run a business yourself? How'd that make you feel? Um, well, you know, I did my best to talk around it, um, but there really isn't any solution other than you really have to dive in and figure it out. And dive in you did. Dive in I did. Now, one of the things I love talking about you and, what I, and talking to you about was the mindset aspect of things and how yeah. you approach really aligning from a mindset perspective with your clients, which is why I said they're good, good businesses, right? Tell me a little bit about that and how you just, I guess, kind of came to that uh, conclusion that it's got to align when it comes to certain things. Sure. So um, I remember kind of going back to before I started my company, I thought that you had to go to school to get an education for your degree, and then you could start your own business, or then you would know everything. And what I realized was a lot of the things that business owners learn about business, they learn from reading other books outside of the curriculum that their college prescribed. And so, for example, one of my favorite books is E-Myth. It's by Andrew Gerber, uh, excuse me, Michael Gerber, and um, talks about how you should be working on your business instead of in your business all the time. And so it's that kind of mindset of continual learning and continual growth and being able to um, think about your business as something that is a project that you're working on to improve instead of just showing up every day and punching the clock and making some money and paying your people and going home. It's that mindset of how can I improve this? How can I bring more people into it to help it grow to something that I'm actually like proud of showing other people? Absolutely. Now, one of the things is you work with a lot of businesses that are within the one to ten million dollar range. That's kind of your sweet spot, right? Mm -hmm. But it seems like you know even from those demographics, if you will, that if you're not hearing certain things or if you're hearing certain red flags, that you pretty much stay away because you know that this is this person is not thinking. Uh, or aligning from a growth perspective? Yeah, you know, things like um, business owners complaining um, about, you know, this or that, and then when you kind of ask them maybe a question or two about it, they get defensive. 
um, even though they already started complaining about it. Um, maybe it's a business owner who um, doesn't like to delegate. And mm. so you kind of hear about this constant turnover of um, employees or vendors, or they're always looking for somebody because nobody's ever good enough. That's tough because nobody's probably ever going to be good enough. But mm. if you can't give them a little bit of guidance or a little bit of um, leeway or teach them and coach them, um, then you're probably not going to be that successful. And that's where I've learned to kind of pay attention to some of those cues mm -hmm. when I'm talking to business owners. You know, if they're talking about things like what season they're in or what some of their goals and rocks are, they use that term rocks. It's really important. That's a term from a book called Traction. Oh, interesting. Um, really, really great book. If you haven't picked it up, you absolutely should. Yeah. It's kind of like my Bible for business. Okay. Um, and so they, in the book, they talk about rocks, um, but it's just another term for like big projects that you're working on in your business. Um, but you, you get to, you get to kind of see these business owners that talk about growth and it's almost like talking to, um, you know, a farmer about the season they're in, they're in a season of harvesting or they're in a season of growth or, um, you know, taking care of the, they're getting ready for the harvest or it's, it's all about the seasonality of the business. Absolutely. But, and, and even in that mindset, you know, one of the things as I'm thinking about myself and, and growing the business, it almost seems like the role that, that you're playing in terms of being this financial advisor, uh, really from that, you know, from that executive leadership standpoint is that you're almost giving permission to people to do those things that they have a vision to do, right? The, if, if you're in that spot where you're aligning sure. from a mindset perspective, it's really about ideas and right. Cause yeah. before you get to a project, you have to have an idea. Yeah. So, um, all of my engagements with clients start with a process you basically hit, uh, on the head there, which is called the SV analysis. SV is for strategic voyages, you know, brilliant marketing idea Love there, that. SV analysis. And so which we, you've done a great job by the way, with all your marketing. So, well, thanks. Kudos. Thanks. <laughs> the SV analysis is really important because it starts, uh, all of our engagements with meeting business owners where they are trying to figure out where they want to go and then filling in the gaps along the way. Because too often business owners are very reactive, things are on fire, cash flow short, you know, this vendor wants to get paid, this employee's complaining, whatever it may be, they're always kind of shifting very quickly throughout the day. And so what we try to do in that SV analysis is slow things down a little bit, be more strategic about it. And if we can kind of cast that vision of where they want to go, then we're able to say, okay, well, if you want to get to X, here are the steps we need to do. And it's going to take two years or three years or whatever it's going to take. But we can do that in chunks. And here's what that chunk looks like. Instead of, oh, okay, well, I'm going to promise you we'll get it done in six months or in, in a month or whatever. Um, that's just not realistic. Absolutely. What are the biggest challenges you have to overcome when you're dealing with you know, egos, really, right, at the end of the day, and, and people who have an understanding of what they want? And I'm sure not everyone comes at you saying, I don't have an idea, right? Most people have some sort of idea. Most of the time, the business owners that I talk to have too many ideas, right. if I could be honest. Um, and so it's almost prioritizing that list. You know, they'll, they'll tell you um, 25 different things they're doing, and um, you got to kind of whittle that down to a few that they're good at. But um, the biggest struggle I think I face uh, when working with business owners with all these different ideas is getting them to slow down focus on one or two of their goals at a time and um, just really sticking to their own plan. Um, I And I'm guilty of this too. I'm not going to try and, and sit here and tell you that I'm perfect. Um, but business owners are busy 
and they're people. So they've got their personal lives and they've got employees' lives and vendors and all this going on. But if, if they can have just a couple hours a week or a month to meet with their advisors and actually get some good advice based on data, then they're able to do lots of really interesting things in their business. It's without those reports that they're making very rash decisions of you know, emotionality of the day or I'm frustrated with this person's tone in their email. I've heard that once or twice. I'm like, it's an email. How did you hear their tone? Um, you're laughing, but I, this it's is true, a real though. thing. No, but but, but I, it happens more than not. I mean, email can sometimes be a difficult thing to, to communicate through because exactly of that reason. People read into it. Yeah. I've often been told that my emails are sometimes too long. Um, because I try to add a lot of context to the advice that I give. Sure. And so, um, and especially if somebody's <clears throat> paying for uh, advice, I feel like they should get more than just a two-word answer or a two-second you know, response. Um, and so, anyway, I, I add a lot of this context. And so I've had some business owners say, like, Matt, like, your emails are too long. So I've had to kind of revise my strategy where now I tell the business owners up front at the very top of the email, the action items are in bold and they're highlighted. If you just want to read the action items, I've bolded them and highlighted them for you. But I'm adding this context to help you understand where this is coming from. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think like also understanding the audience too. Some people value that, right? And and if you're not one of those, then here I can give you a little executive summary at the top. And uh, if you want some more information, here's detailed information below, right? But it sounds like you're learning and pivoting as you get to know exactly your demographic because it changes. I mean, one to ten million dollar companies are going to look different in terms of leadership than a hundred, two hundred, five hundred million dollar company. Yeah, I think also the individual absolutely changes, right? I've absolutely. got. Um, some of my clients are in the trades, you know, and they're they're blue collar, hardworking individuals who um, are we allowed to swear on the podcast? By the way, they don't like to take shit from people, so you know they're they'll tell you, hey, uh, I don't like your attitude, and and you're an you're an mf'er. I'm like, well, okay, I mean, but then the next day you're their best friend, so yeah, yeah. It, that's just how they are. And I've got other people that. Um, you know, are in the medical field, and they would never swear in an email because they're afraid of HIPAA or whatever uh, compliance issue, which I don't think HIPAA has anything to do with swearing in an email, but they just, everything is HIPAA for them. So <laughs> It's um, a catch-all. It always yeah. is. A, uh, it's hilarious. Yeah. And so um, anyway, it's just the different personalities. And so you start to learn about most um, people very quickly. I try to pick up on them yeah. um, to figure out what their style is of communication. But you hit on something uh, I think key from the beginning was, and, and as you talked about or used the word advisor, a lot of people, uh, business owners that are um, turning to their advisors are really like they're the bank or their CPA, and, and they're not necessarily aligned with a vision or, or have that mindset, right? Take me through the, the differences of that and understanding who are your advisors when you're a CEO, when you're in those positions of leadership? Yeah, so for starters, it's very important to have advisors. I don't want to sound like you shouldn't because you absolutely should have advisors. If you're a, a CEO and you listen to this podcast, you probably have advisors. If you're considering being a CEO, you need to think about who is around you that is successful or driven or both, um, kind of been there, done that kind of thing that you can get advice from. But a lot of people turn to their CPA CPA is a very intimidating individual, typically, because they tell you how much money you owe the government. And their job, a lot of times, CPAs um, think about, and I, by the way, you should absolutely use a CPA. I'm not anti-CPA. Right, right, right. Uh, but CPAs, um, their goal is usually to make sure that you pay as little taxes as possible, legally. And that's great. They do a good job, usually. Um, they, they know all the tax laws. 
But then uh, on the other side of that advisor kind of coin are these bankers who are not CPAs um, and are typically not educated like CPAs. And their goal is very, very different. They want to get you a loan or they want to help you grow your business by hiring employees. And they don't really, they actually might want you to pay more taxes, which is contradictory to the CPA who wants you to pay less taxes because that banker, when you pay more taxes, you have more available cash flow from their analysis to be able to get bigger loans. And so when they meet a business owner, the banker, who doesn't uh, pay a lot of taxes, they can't help them. Mm. And the CPA is doing a good job, but sometimes they're not on the same page. So the business owner is getting that conflicting advice, and they're not sure what to do. And sometimes when they're not sure what to do, they don't do anything. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And and the thing is, too, you're not just a CFO or offering CFO services on a long-term basis. People hire you when they have project needs, when yeah. uh, they have questions about things. That it's It might just be a, a consultation, right? Yeah, I've had uh, a few clients who, um, you know, they're, they're dealing with some important issue and they don't want a long-term commitment. Um, and they just tell me that up front. Hey, you know, I, I'm, I've got this thing going on. Um, one example was um, actually a, a lady who um, was trying to pivot her business. So she had a medical practice. Um, it was, in my mind, pretty successful, very profitable, a couple locations. Um, but she wanted to fold it up and move to Montana, buy a farm. And do, was, she went on and on for like 20 minutes. And I'm like, okay, well, can we slow down for a second? Like, where is this coming from? What is the motivation here? And so what we found out was she was going through a lot of stuff personally, and she wanted to hire me to kind of guide her financially through this meandering uh, process. And so what I had to kind of stop her about halfway through her story that she ended up finishing later on, but <laughs> I had to tell her, like, this is not something that I think that I can help you, like, for years and years and years. But where you're at, you just need, like, this much advice to kind of direct you a little bit. And I had an advisor help me once who said that it's kind of like golf. If I were to help you swing your golf club before you hit the ball so that it, you can point it in the right direction, that's going to be much better than waiting until you've already hit the ball and you're already in the, in the weeds, you know, trying to find your ball. And then I'm trying to help you. And so I played that role with her. I tried to help her figure out her business decision uh, before she even swung the golf club. And um, she ended up not moving to Montana, short, long story short. Oh, wow. Um, she ended up saying, you know what, Matt, you're right. I do like making a couple million dollars a year running my medical practice, so I'll just keep doing that. <laughs> so you walked, talked her off the ledge. Well, I, you know, uh, some people just need to hear it put plainly to them. Yep. You know, they get stuck in their own head or they don't have a sounding board to just kind of like ask them why. I think that there's, there's too many business owners that are isolated. And that's another problem. They don't have anybody to go to just to say, man, that is a bad idea. They don't have anybody to tell them that. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. And that's exactly what I was thinking is that you're just you're out there on your own. I mean, really, everyone's looking to you to be the leader. Right. But who are you looking to? Who, who are you turning to for advice and who's guiding you down that road? And so when you do get on the ledge, who's talking you off of it? Right. It's tough. It's tough now. But also one of the things, too, is as, as you grow um, hiring, I mean, that, that becomes such an important part of it. But. Do you find that people in general, and I want to get to your book in a second here too, but you know, in general that people are, are making these financial choices or decisions maybe at an inopportune time that it's having devastating impact on their business or even maybe the opposite where they could have right hired, but out of fear of 
being devastating. They don't, and putting themselves in a, in a poor position, right? I think that's one of the most uh, asked questions in terms of growth, right? When to hire, how to hire, uh, sure. and those kind of behind-the-scenes decisions. It's almost like you read my book. Uh, that's the <laughs> that's the taboo business question. Uh, that's the name of my book, Taboo Business Questions. And the first chapter talks about hiring, and that is the taboo business question. How do I know when it's the right time to hire? There you go. Because you could hire somebody that's the perfect employee, but if it's the wrong time, then you're going to mess it up. And if you hire a bad employee at the perfect time, you also are probably going to mess it up. But there's a third component that I think is really important, which is if you as the business owner are not mentally prepared financially and patience-wise and with systems set up, things documented, um, work for them to do, um, your delegation system, your project management tool, all these things need to be aligned so that you bring that person into a good environment where they can thrive, um, you're setting yourself up for failure. Absolutely. And I can't imagine that happens very often where people get it right without any sort of help or advice. Yeah, I've met uh, lots of business owners who have um, what we call false starts yeah. with hiring. Yeah, um, You know, they, they're they running a successful business and their friends know they're running a successful business. And then sure enough, their friends tell them about their unemployed friends that need a job. Right. And like, oh, well, you're successful, so you should hire Joe Schmo, who's unemployed. Well, yep. don't hire Joe Schmo, who's unemployed, because he's unemployed for a reason. <laughs> right. um, also, just because you're successful running your business doesn't mean you're going to be successful managing other people. Good point. Not every business owner can hear that. Um, I think that a lot of business owners, um, myself included, um, think that we can do maybe a lot more than we really can. We just need to be real with ourselves. Are you really going to be up for the challenge of being that patient of handling the money flowing out of your account to somebody that you think that you can do their job better than or whatever the mindset is or are you ready are you really ready because sometimes it takes two or three or four tries and false starts before you get one perfectly right absolutely no definitely had plenty of those <laughs> tell me a little bit more about the book how, how, what inspired it um to begin with yeah, so the book is a is a short read. Um, I kind of designed it that way. So it's about 120 pages. Um, it's not meant to be read in one sitting, but I, I'm sure you could. Um, but there's seven chapters. And so I wrote the book um, not really with a book in mind. I started it as a journal. And so when I was in my early 20s, I was working at Chase, and um, I was getting really kind of frustrated with the corporate uh, kind of structure of Chase uh, I don't know if you've ever been to a Chase Bank, but everybody looks like a robot. They're all wearing the exact same outfit, and yep. they sound the exact <laughs> same. Um, Chase actually has part of their SOP on how to tie your shoes. Get out of here. I swear to God. Wow. You have to wear Chase socks. What? I happen to really like fancy socks, uh, just bold <laughs> so that, socks that, that, in general. Yeah, yeah. And that was not allowed. Wow. Um, Interesting. So anyway, I was getting frustrated in corporate America. Um, I wanted to help these small business owners. And... Uh, if they got declined for a loan or they got turned down for a credit card or they had issues with their checking account at the bank, you're not really allowed to help them. Like, mm. that's not your job. Yeah, yeah. You have to just say, hey, you were declined. I'm sorry. <clears throat> and that's kind of it. That's the end of the conversation. There's no oh. coaching. There's no explaining. No empathy. Yeah, there's nothing. It's just very cold. <laughs> it's like going to a doctor and getting a really some bad news. And yeah. the doctor's just like, sorry. Yeah. If that, not, not even that. Well, right? yeah, yeah, probably wasn't going to say sorry. <laughs> um, and so anyway, I was getting really frustrated, and so I started to channel this frustration into journaling. 
And every night I would go home and just write about an experience that I had or somebody that I met or all these different experiences. And then I met um, some pretty, um, in my mind at the time, they were very influential leaders in business. And they said, Matt, like, you've got all these great stories. You need to put them into a book. And so um, I but did. you weren't even thinking that. No, I was just, it was just my therapy. Wow. I mean, it was just, Good for you, I, I did it religiously. Uh, for years and years in my 20s. Wow. And then um, published the book um, when I was 29. And um, yeah, it's uh, I've sold about 5,000 copies. <laughs> good good so for you. So it's not like a New York Times bestseller. But I mean, that's but, a lot more copies than I've sold. <laughs> <laughs> so. um, but yeah, for me, it's, it's, it's therapy. Um, and so now, you know, to hear business owners giving the feedback of, you know, they read like the first chapter and they'll call me, Matt, you are you reading my mind? Wow. They're like, you get it. You know what it's like to be a business owner. You, you must have been there and done that. And, I, I, and so I end each chapter with some questions. And like, I really appreciate how you lay out the book. It's all these questions. Because obviously the title, Taboo Business Questions, but it's not really just Matt saying this is how you should do it. I'm challenging your thought process throughout the book. I'm asking questions. Why do you think that you need to hire? Why do you think you need to hire right now? What in your business can you point to statistically with a report? How, how do you know? Can you tell me with some data? Because if you can't, and it's just a feeling of like, I want to hire, that's probably not the right way to think about it. And so all of the chapters are set up that way. And so the end of the chapter, some reflection questions. It's really meant to be some thought provoking. You're going to take some time with a pencil or a pen and really kind of journal out your answers because it's not yes or no answers. It's not like a quiz at the end of the chapter. It's you got to really think about it. More of an inquisitive type of approach. Yeah. And I, I mean, I love that because that's really allowing people to draw their own conclusion and not necessarily saying, oh, this guy's telling me how to run my business. I've read a lot of business books where, um, you know, they're drawing these conclusions based off of case studies from the 70s or the 80s. And you're like, it's outdated. And of course, we can know why Coca-Cola did this or that or why American Airlines. And it's just like it's too big. It's almost too big. And so the book is, is all small business. It's um, entrepreneurs. It's business owner um, issues that I think the everyday business owner can relate to. And um, again, kind of going back to the theme of the questions, um, I set it up that way on purpose. One of my favorite books, um, I already mentioned two of them. My third favorite book is uh, a book by Anthony uh, Sobel called Power Questions. He's a really uh, big time kind of consultant guy who um, his whole book is about these, these questions that he asks CEOs to start conversations that are hours and hours long. Um, but they're really just the way he phrases them and the timing of it and just kind of his, his demeanor was really powerful to me. I really, really enjoyed the read. It read like a John Grisham book. It was not like a regular <laughs> business book. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I wanted to kind of phrase the advice in questions because I feel like that is that allows the reader to own that answer and then be able to implement their own advice. It's a therapeutic approach. I mean, it's like therapy, right? They help you draw your own conclusion. So I love that. How can people follow you, find you, connect with you? Yeah, I'm on uh, social media. Um, I'm on Facebook. You can check out my uh, Facebook page, um, Strategic Voyages Business Consultants. Um, I post a lot of the business news to the, the Facebook page there. You can also check me out on my website, taboobusinessquestions.com, if you want a copy of my book. Um, you can also go and visit my website for uh, the company, svbusinessconsultants.com, um, and all the social links are on there. 
Well, man, doing a lot, but very impressive on, on every end and every aspect and excited to see what, uh, you know, the future holds for you and not only for your, for your business, but your personal brand. I mean, so much of what you're doing, uh, it's just, it speaks to a lot of people, I think, in such a positive way. So thank you for coming in and, and sharing that. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Tony.